This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The DFS Studio is brought to you by DraftKings. Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast with your hosts, Kyle Borgannoni and Matthew Betts. Welcome in, one and all. It's Tuesday, September 26th on the Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Borgannoni, and I am joined, as always, by Matthew Goatee Betts. It's still here. It's still here for, uh, I guess, two more weeks at this point. Well, that's not true. The goatee is going to be gone. The mustache will be here, and I look just disgusting. I mean, every day I wake up, I look in the mirror, and I'm just, uh, you know, embarrassed for myself that I have to go out in public looking like this. But hey, uh, it's what you do for family, you know. My brother-in-law's requested this for his wedding, so we're we're doing it. We're all rocking the, the mustache. Uh, but yes, I am. I'm not looking my best these days, shall I say? Yeah, you know, there's an episode of The Office where Michael tries out a goatee. Oh, because, yeah, somewhere. <laughs> uh, because Ryan does. And so it's hard for me to not associate you with that. And then he shaves it off. So we can be the goateeless brothers at the same time if you want. Shout out to Mike Scott. Yeah, yeah the, day, the day after, like immediately the day after that morning, it's coming off. There are people listening to this podcast that say, what's wrong with the goatee? I've been rocking this goatee for years. And if it works for your face, you do you, you know? Um, A mustache doesn't really work for my face and my wife despises it, but it's really fun when I get to surprise her and shave off everything but the mustache. Yeah, that is actually the best. You come out of the bathroom and you just don't tell her. All of a sudden, you've just got this disgusting, crusty stash. Um, Yes, my facial hair pattern is that of a 16-year-old boy. <laughs> it grows in so patchy, like everywhere. Um, my cheeks, is it's patchy. My neck's, I, I just, it's weird, man. I, sh- I do not have facial hair n- normally. So yes, right now it is a, a rough time for my self-confidence, Kyle, shall I say. My confidence is flowing because my hair is flowing. And I made the decision when I was still in Arizona. Like I made the decision way back in the day. I'm talking like March. I'm growing this out. I'm letting it fly. And we're getting there. You know, it gets to a certain point where it gets matted. But man, I am I am flowing. I'm feeling good on the podcast. Are we but, talking are we talking man bun? No, I've done that before. I know, that's why I'm asking. I, I want it to at least be at my shoulder length. And just to let people know, I'd never grew up my hair. Even like in college, it had a little bit of a fro in terms of like it just kind of flows. But like now as an adult and as a podcaster, someone that works from home, team work from home, we do whatever we want, right? <laughs> there's no rules. There's there's none. And you're only hearing the audio version. So you just imagine this beautiful Italian hair that is flowing. So it's up to you. You can do whatever you want. Um, on this episode, Betts and I will review last week, talk about some big winners because we had some big winners from the DFS pass and preview week four. Week four, it... It's already setting up very similar to last week where the wide receivers could go bananas and there is one game above them all. So we'll talk about that. Buffalo, Miami, how do you attack that game? There's so many different routes, so many different players that you can anchor to. So we'll talk about that game. But uh, let's review last week and our cash. Straight cash, homie. I love coming on this podcast because every week, in cash, we have to tell a different story. And I try to make sure 
that if you're a first-time player, you've been playing for a long time. Last week is not at all prescriptive for what happens the week after, right? Like, if you would have scored in cash the week before 165 points, you'd been like, sweet, I am I am dominating in my head-to-heads. If you scored 160 points this past week, you missed the cash line. And that's actually where Betts and I were. I missed the cash line, man. So crazy. <laughs> like, And even in tournaments, right? Like, sometimes you're like, oh, sweet, I scored 180 this week. Like, I really crushed it. That's cute. That didn't matter at all this week, right? If you put up 200, you probably had a nice little min cash. If you had 220, right. you probably won a little bit of something meaningful. But if you wanted to take up a tournament, you needed, you know, 230, 240, maybe even 250, depending on the size of contest you play. So it was one of those weeks where it was just crazy. And I really felt like, um, you know, in tournaments, these weeks are the weeks that I really struggle with the most because I like to try to get off the board when I can. But it felt like the chalk was just so strong, right? Like at home in a dome, that game was almost guaranteed to at least not fall on its face. Maybe it wasn't going to go 70 points, but it, was, it wasn't going to fail, right? It felt like that anyway. And Kirk Cousins was strong. Justin Jefferson was strong. The Chargers guys were incredible, right? Really, it was like, man, if you got off the board and you tried to get different, which I did. I played a couple Lawrence stacks in tournaments. That was terrible. Um, a couple other ones, a Lamar, Andrew stack. That was terrible, right? So if you got off the board... You just took a bath. So yeah, I had, a, I had a pretty brutal main slate personally. And like you said, that cash line was crazy this week. Uh, I missed it with you. We actually ended up on the same lineup, which we don't always do, but just happened to happen that way this week. And uh, hopefully week four will be better for us in cash. I posted my whole cash thoughts every single week, my cash lineup review, where you could see the progression of my thoughts Sunday morning of, ah, I want to get different. I know, I know that's what I want to do. And moving off the bills was definitely the thing that hurt the most, but I wanted to save a hundred dollars to move down to the jets. Um, yeah, people always ask for explanations. Like, am I doing something wrong? Well, if half the field's playing tank Dell, 60 something percent is playing Kirk cousins. Um, you know, you look at the uh, Mike Williams, everybody's playing Mike Williams. Probably you played Durham Smythe. You probably played the jets. Uh, you probably played Tyreek Jefferson. It really whittles down the couple players you need to get right. And so I know for us, we both landed on Pollard. And if I would have told you before, you know, Pollard's going to put up 122 rushing yards. You'd be like, sweet. He must have been awesome. He scored 18 points. And you're like, sweet. And it was kind of a letdown, right? Yeah, that was super frustrating. But like you said, from a process standpoint, we felt pretty good. He was getting, I mean, a ton of work, right? I think he ended up with like 22, 23, 24 touches total in the game. Second most of his career. And if you would have told me that, you know, on Sunday morning before lock, I would have played him against the Cardinals, right? Almost in every lineup. I mean, a good run out. It just didn't happen the way you wanted to. Rico Dattle came in, stole the touchdown. Uh, it seemed like every time I looked at the TV, Rico Dattle was on the field. I was like, what is happening? I need you, Tony. So uh, so that was uh, a little rough. Um, the other thing with Cash that I thought was interesting was the Justin Jefferson versus Tyreek Hill situation which it felt like you kind of needed one of those guys. They were both just incredible plays. We landed on Tyreek, given the Waddle out situation. In hindsight, I think that was probably right. I mean, they basically scored the exact same points, so it didn't really matter. But I feel like that was probably the right play from a process standpoint. Justin Jefferson ends up being amazing because he always is. But it was interesting because I, I viewed it that way, and by dropping down to Tyreek, I had a build where it shifted me kind of off the Bills defense, uh, right. you know, and then the fallout from there. So it, it is one of those weeks. These weeks happen, what would you say, maybe like four-ish times a year where the chalk just smashes. And when a super highly rostered defense smashes, that's when you know it's one of those weeks. So yeah, if you're a contrarian GPP player, it was really tough. Um, so I guess we're on to week four, huh? <laughs> yeah, I looked at the cash lines for double ups the last two years. And just looked at some of like, what were my percentages? And it's like, usually the cash line, if you hit 130, you feel pretty good. 160 is in the upper 10% of what you're, what you're going to look at. So keep that in mind. I'll also add this. This is wild. The Chargers Vikings game. Would you say that that game produced a lot for DFS? Sure did. Everyone, everyone not named Josh Kelly. Yes. That game hit the under. I know. It's wild. It's, it's crazy. Another one of those blind, you know, take the unders of the, at the final total if it's a 50-point game. Uh, but just keep that in mind. Um, we did like the Dolphins game a lot. 
And I made sure to pound the table and say, hey, two of double stacks. Now, nobody was playing A-Chain and Mostert together. So you didn't have to worry about that. Like, is there somebody out there? I didn't see any lineups. Did you? With those two together? Those two together. <laughs> no, that would have been a bold move that would have paid off. But no, I did not see that. I, um, I just I, wanted to see somebody that was like galaxy brain enough to be like, oh, I'm just going to put these two running backs together. Oh, uh, crazy. And I know, uh, it's actually funny, Jason put out a poll on X that he had to he had to go with one of these two guys. I don't know what league it was, but Kendra or uh, A-Chain. And I think he went with Kendra instead of A-Chain, which is 90% just crazy. 90% of the but... people said Kendra, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um I'm interested to see what happens. I mean, how can you keep that guy off the field now moving forward, right? When uh, Ahmed comes back. But yeah, he's explosive. He looks great. If you're in on A-Chain and best ball, like from how the summer went, like in training camp to here, you've got to be feeling pretty incredible of, of what he could be. And I mean, Raheem looks great too, right? But there's also a chance he falters down the stretch as we've seen year over year. So if that happens, those Devon A-Chain uh, best ball shares look pretty awesome. Yeah, we'll talk about that game at length this week and the pace of play, everything else that that's it's really hard too because I have to take some of their metrics and then also look at some of the Broncos metrics and just say, okay, I have to go to like neutral situation stuff for these teams for a while. Like I cannot look at the Broncos defensive metrics the rest of the year and use them because it's an outlier of a game and it's just breaking all the spreadsheets. So uh keep that in mind. Let's talk about some winners though. First off, I want to give you a little hats off for the uh, Monday night. And I know this is for our listeners, but I, I want to I want to give you some props here. Yeah, it was fortunately a good Monday night uh, in showdown for me, which was fun. Uh, but you know, like I said, the main slate was rough, so it was good to have a little nice bounce back Monday night. But man, the the main slate for DFS pass folks, for folks that listen to the podcast, like maybe our best ever or, or their best ever, I should say. It was unreal and honestly so fun to see. So I'll let you go ahead and highlight the biggest winner that we had in Discord was crazy. Yes, and I, I would say, so this is Ryan B1976. You're giving away your birth year, Ryan. That's cool. Um, but Ryan uh, said, thanks to everyone at the Fantasy Footballers. Content's amazing. Forever grateful. Made it to the DK Live final. Let's go. Ryan entered $110. And Ryan came away with $121,000 putting together a incredible lineup and i saw some other people that you know had a couple of you know four or five figure wins that said hey i listened to the podcast i had the dfs pass i used the optimizer the tutorial i sorted by gpp value like you talked about on the podcast and it just it, so these winnings are fun for us like when bets and i mention all the time like when we have a down week it is so fun to be able to you know, just, just champion you guys. Like you are a part of this. You're doing great. Even if you have a small bankroll, do not go chase these kinds of things. Okay. Like don't just change up your process and say, I'm going to enter the Millie. That's not really what you want to do. Single entry, you know, three max. Those are the ones we want our, our groups to keep going. And then in cash, we think you can be profitable over time. And the thing that I love, this is our best marketing is that this thing, the DFS pass pays for itself like how how often can you buy a product and say hey i'm gonna actually like this is gonna be enriching for me this is gonna be my entertainment for an entire season and i have a chance to make the money back that's wild right and then some honestly yeah it's, it's incredible that is actually one of the funniest uh things that you say because you know it, it's it kind of sounds silly but like truthfully that's what we hear all the time from everyone it's like oh my gosh, this thing paid for itself in literally two weeks or three weeks. Or, you know, I just jumped in halfway through the year and it's already, I already made my money back and then some. So um, it's crazy. And I don't think that'd be happening as often, Kyle, if the price wasn't so egregious, but <laughs> but it is. And so we want you to come play with us. So get in there and check it out. Yeah. And, and just to put a little cherry on top, guys, Andy, we had some conversations about the DFS pass. I don't know why he decided to do this, but he said, hey, Let's put out a bigger promo code. I know you guys all the time say DFS pod, 10% off. What if, you know, people got to get 20% off? It's like, what are you doing here? This is dumb. Like, we could go on here and say that, hey, uh, this person just won, you know, $121,000. 
we should up the price. Instead, he goes the opposite direction. So if you want to use the promo code, I don't know why we're giving this out. <laughs> promo code winner23. You now can get 20% off the DFS pass if you want to jump in there. We go throughout the playoffs. So we'll do the math. It is now we're, I feel like it's not the cup of coffee metaphor anymore. We can't use that. I think it's cheaper. It's cheap. It's going to be a point where we find out that you and I are actually paying for all this. Like we are the ones <laughs> that we owe the company some money. Whatever. So yeah, winter 23, go to dfspass.com. But let's talk about this slate. State of the main slate. Turn to the page. It's kind of fun on a Tuesday. You know, Mondays for a lot of people in work is like, okay, I got to get back to the grind. Well, like with DFS, it's like Tuesdays is a day to look forward to, a day of hope. And we get to bring that for people. So like we are refreshing Tuesdays, which I don't know. Like, I mean, Tacos has done that for a long time for, for, and, and Ruby, Ruby Tuesdays, a sponsor oh, of this uh, what very a place. show. <laughs> what a place. Dude, you're, you're so right. And unbelievable combination like your taco night paired with this podcast i mean come on man i just went down a down a train of tuesdays i need to you know what (laughs) because it's rare that a podcast just gets to be centered around this day um i'm gonna do some more thinking so if you got some more you know marketing campaigns but ruby tuesdays is is definitely calling now we do have a conflict of interest am i right like we're big chilies guys huge chilies guys i mean chilies if you're listening mr chili we are here, but Mr. Ruby, if you're listening too, I mean, I've gone to that salad bar a t- couple of times with my grandma and it was good. I think they went out of business though, aren't they? Really? I don't know. I haven't seen many recently, so I could be wrong, but agreed. That is the place you would go with your grandparents on a Sunday, like after church or something. So I, yep. I get it, man. I get it. All right, so on this Tuesday, we're looking ahead at the week four lines. We get our lines at DraftKings Sportsbook. It's where we play. You can go to sportsbook.draftkings.com. I want to check in with a wager that we made this past week. So our props have been a little too hot, bets. I'm just going to be honest. Like We are dangerously running close to the sun. I think we're over 70% in the DFS pass. And I took a stance on the Robinson boys this past week, a line Brian Robinson under 70 and a half total yards. Bijan Robinson over 23 and a half receiving yards. I hit on both. Now, Brian Robinson had 70 rushing yards exactly. It was never targeted. So we hit. We were close, baby. But that was one that felt really good in our process. And early in the week, I was like, man, this Bijan line is too low. And I think he hit that at, uh, near the half. Yeah. And he's been over uh, this specific line, 23 and a half in three straight games, all three to start the year. Uh, the Brian Robinson one. Just to let everyone know how lucky, not not lucky overall, because I think our process is good, but we've had a couple of lucky wins, and it's okay to be honest about that. Like, and, and just for listeners, like if you're new into this, betting, props, whatever, like now is not the time to increase your bankroll because we have been running insanely hot. So regression is going to hit one of these weeks. So just be smart with your bankroll, and we're being honest about that. We're not expecting to win 71% of our bets all year. Anything from 55 to 60 is crushing it. So regression is coming, but just to let you know how hot we are. I saw Brian Robinson get a dump off, carried it about eight to nine yards. And I was like, oh, there it is. We're done. That's it. There's a flag. <laughs> There's a flag. <laughs> Holding call. It comes back. We win the bet. So that's that's just happening. And we will lose you know, some of those this year. So just, just to let everyone know, that will happen. Yes. And I'll give you one that's not going so well for me. I took the under, and this is kind of Bets and I's stance on season-long stuff. We're just going to take an under- on a line for players that is just massive. So Devonte Adams under was at 1325 for receiving yards. And I just didn't buy into the offense. Didn't buy into Jimmy G. There's also room for just injury, everything else. That's why we take the unders. That is not looking very good right now to bet against Devonte Adams. So obviously not a loss yet, but I was looking at my season long. I was like, yikes, that's not good. Yeah. He's, crushing <laughs> specifically sunday night alone like makes you worried about this of that's in the range of outcomes um you can still be worried about jimmy g by the way like some of those picks and just decision making is 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 crazy but when he's on time and when the offense is in rhythm he can deliver at Devonte and he can he can go to work so yeah man uh, that one looks super sketchy we also have an under on josh jacobs rushing touchdowns at nine and a half we took that 
um, I would say like midway through August when the, the holdout was going on. We knew he would miss time, you know, in camp, obviously. That might get him off to a slower start. We're seeing that. I think he could still come back and be a great fantasy you know, asset and still be great in DFS throughout the weeks. We're going to talk about him today, actually. Um, but from a season-long standpoint, that feels really good to get a good start. On the other hand, Kyle, no. the Justin Herbert stacks. I mean, the process was right, he says, as he shouts, you know, bankrupt. Um, he's crushing it. He's killing it. I think Jason just said on, on Monday's show on the main show, He's the number one quarterback in fantasy. Is that right? Oh, trust me. That is definitely correct. I have him in because both my main home leagues. That feels incredible. However, most of my stacks have Mike Williams because I wanted to buy into that downfield role. You know, he was a little cheaper in terms of ADP compared to our boy Keenan. It's not that I don't, don't have Keenan. I do. But <sighs> pouring out for Big Mike, it's sad. At least he delivered for everyone in the DFS pass in his last game of the year. Wish him well in his recovery, but unfortunately, the Herbert Mike Williams stacks are done. That is so painful for a player that we love on this podcast that we've talked about a ton. I mean, I obviously the other side of it is my pants have been off the for my entire life for Keenan Allen. Let's be honest. And he is legitimately going to average 15 targets a game. <laughs> I mean, okay. what? <laughs> okay, I'm just going to tell you right now, it actually worries me a little bit. Because the efficiency will not stand. And I have known Keenan Allen for a very long time. Keenan Allen. Watch, watch some Keenan Allen film. That dude gets open more than anyone else. He also falls down when he shouldn't more than anyone else. That guy slips more than... I. It drives me insane. I've had Keenan Allen on my team for years. So um, it's great because in best ball, I didn't have enough Mike Williams. But I'm, I'm a little worried that the efficiency is going to go down because... He, the one thing we did we could say about that offense is that it would be centered around Keenan Allen. That was all the news in camp. That's what Kellen Moore did in Dallas. And that's what he's doing here uh, with the Chargers. So it's consistent. However, it's really hard to get 20 targets. It's really hard, you know, over and over and over again if Joshua Palmer's just a dude and Quentin Johnson's like a gadget player. So, I mean, we'll talk about the Chargers. Come on. We're, we're going to talk about them every episode. But um, yeah, that... uh. That sequence of like 10 minutes was just so much love for this team and then just so much sadness, right? Like when you when you sent me the, the play, I was like, uh-oh, he, I think he just tore his ACL. But right before that was the Keenan pass to I Mike know. Williams. I was like, I love this team, man. And then Brandon Staley going for it on fourth and one, like their own 30 with the game on the line. Just an absolute uh, nutso call there. But yeah, man, this team will will have your, your heart racing and then they'll let you down. So... It's going to be a fun year. It's a movie you have to watch. And I've watched it over and over and over and over <laughs> again. And I went right there with you. I was like, this team, this is awesome. And the next thing, like, oh, gosh. Oh, gosh, we're in trouble. So uh, that was Herbert's first 400-yard passing game of his career, by the way. First Dude, I think, I think it's the sleeve, man. He's never played with that sleeve before. He looks good out there. <laughs> he looks awesome. Let's take a quick break, and we'll talk about week four. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things but at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. Side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. All right, turning the page to week four, looking at the state of the main slate. We have one game over 50 points. That's Miami at Buffalo. There are so many different ways to talk about it, but it's at 54 points currently. And I think it's going to stay, you know, 53 and a half. It's going to stay up there. People saw what they saw with Miami. Buffalo showed out. That's going to be the game. But give me the teams with the top implied totals for week four. Yeah, and, and just to speak to that too, like we have in here from... 
yesterday that this total is at 53 and a half. So it's already been bet up a half point. Obviously, you like to see that early in the week. But speaking to the team totals, San Fran is leading the way. They're at 28.8. And I know you've thrown this stat out. They've been over 30 points a game with Purdy and CMC in the lineup together. That looks very fun against Arizona. Buffalo's at 28 points. Our Chargers at 26.8. Uh, Philly at 26.3. And then Miami and Dallas currently tied at 25 uh, and a half. I wanted to get your fan take real quick on Philly stuff because on Monday night, how do you think they looked against the, against the Buccaneers? Because I feel like they could have scored 35 or 40 and they just didn't. Yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of, um, I guess, good and bad for fantasy. Like they've been willing to push the ball when they need to, but the offensive line is just creating runways for DeAndre Swift to run through. I mean, the holes are, are crazy that he's able to get through, pick up, 20 yards right like he's just gashing them and then in the fourth quarter they just iced it they were just able to kind of ice it away so they could have scored more if they wanted to but I do think if you see them in a positive game script they've shown us now a couple of times against the Vikings and now against the Bucks that they're very content to just hand the ball off if they're having success on the ground which you know for the the Jalen Hurts stacks uh, is not quite as advantageous I think do think they still need to be pushed kind of like we saw last year in the second half of games for them to really have a ceiling. So let's just quickly dive into Buffalo-Miami, because that's the game. We'll talk about the other games that people want to stack, but where where do you start? Like, where do you start thinking about this game on a Tuesday? And then on Friday, we'll go through the pace of play and how you'd stack it up. But how do you want to think about this game initially in the week? Yeah, I mean, I, I wrote this up in the Vegas report, just mentioning to people, like, my hope is that uh, DFS players have evolved, so this is not going to be the case. My hope is that people log in, they see red next to the Dolphins. Bad matchup with Buffalo, right? We saw them uh, hold you know, the Jets to nothing, Sam Howell and the Commanders to nothing. So on, from a fantasy points perspective, the defense has been good. But we actually have seen Buffalo show some vulnerabilities over the years. So I, I mean, if people are scared off, I certainly want to buy into Miami for obvious reasons. But the total is the highest on the slate, and it's like last week, right, where there's not another one close, so people are certainly going to be trying to attack that one, stack it up. So I want to be in. Uh, I'm very interested in that. I also think, too, the Miami uh, you know, defense, when you kind of look at that, they've also shown vul- vulnerabilities. Go back to week one against the Chargers. So this looks like the game of the week, and I really can't fault anyone for wanting to prioritize it in tournaments. Yeah, the running games is what initially stuck out to me in this game because I, I, it's it's not hard to convince somebody about like double stacking Josh Allen, double stacking Tua. But the Bills' defense is quietly allowing the highest yards per carry in the league. So that's the Bills' defense, 5.9. And then the Dolphins, on the other hand, their defense is allowing a first down on 34% of their opponent's rush attempts. That's the highest in the NFL. So between Mostert and A-Chain and James Cook, who is a crazy value on FanDuel, those running backs need to be mixed in our analysis. They need to be nick- mixed in. Now, Tyreek on the road, I'll say it again, greatest road wide receiver of all time, of all time. So I don't need to convince you about him. Jalen Waddle is going to be interesting if he gets mixed back in. Go back to Durham Smythe. Wh- whatever you want to do on the Dolphins side, like you could convince me of so many different things. I just, I think with this game, we can't just simply say, let's double stack the passing options only or only look at the Miami running backs. I think Buffalo's ground game is going to be more essential than we realize. And if this game goes up, like if it goes to 54 and a half, that was the total what last week when Minnesota and the Chargers, when it hit 54 and a half, you started seeing money come down because it's kind of a key number and it and uh, obviously it hit the under. So I'm not rooting against this game. It can still work for fantasy and hit, you know, 52 points like the other one did. But um, everyone's going to be playing this game. And there are some values, but it, it does get expensive. If you double stack Josh Allen with Diggs and Tyreek, you, you run into some problems. So just keep that in mind as you're stacking up this game. But what other games, like I, I wanted to throw out Vegas and the Chargers as a game that people might be interested in. Devontae Adams is awesome. We still have to figure out what Jimmy G is going to be this week, but we saw what the Chargers did. We saw that people are going to probably try to jam in Josh Palmer or Quentin Johnson in the lineup, so keep that in mind. 
Any other games that stand out to you early in the week? Yeah, one thing with that game uh, for the Chargers and Raiders, we just will wait and see kind of as the week unfolds what these, you know, salaries and uh, what the field is going to do with the cheapies of Quentin Johnson and Joshua Palmer. It could easily be a game where you just see so much roster percentage funneled into that game because of those two guys. And on the other side, uh, Jimmy G is in concussion protocol. I'm not sure he clears this week just because his uh, symptoms and kind of when he was placed in protocol was slightly delayed. So there's a chance he misses. If that is the case, is Brian Hoyer under center, which I am not thrilled about <laughs> for that team. So you could you could lose a little bit of love there. If you do see some money coming out on the under, like that could be a signal of, of that. So just watch for that. Um, but the other thing that I wanted to mention about uh, like a, a, a high total game like this, in DFS game theory, if we just had the same slate last week, everyone played that game, it went bonkers, right? The the Chargers and Vikings. There are slates where it shapes up like this, but the top game fails. So just from a game theory standpoint, I know we just talked all about how we love that Buffalo-Miami game, of course. There are going to be slates where that game fails, and if you are off of it, I'm not saying this is what you should do, but if there are slates where if you are off of it, you will be paid out handsomely. Yes, those are in... If you're in a large field, if you're doing a 20 max, I'm very open to saying I'm going to take one piece or just some correlation pieces or saying, you know what? I don't think this game is going to be essential. The touchdowns get spread out. You know, it's a Dawson Knox one. It's a Khalil Shakir. It's River Craycraft. Like when those things happen, the games aren't as essential. And because we said it's kind of cost prohibitive to say I'm going to go in this game with every piece like you could look elsewhere. So I, I'm I'm for that. You know, I'm totally for that. What about sneakiest game this week? All right. What I'm about to say, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but could I convince you of a bad defense situation going on with Denver and Chicago? These offenses, I mean, Chicago, we can just start there. It's been atrocious. On the Denver side, like we've seen... I mean, don't watch the games. Like, don't watch Russ. But we've seen games where, like, Russ gets there for fantasy, right? And I'm not a Russ guy at this point in his career. But these two defenses, 30th and 32nd in yards per play allowed, both defenses, bottom half, and allowing their opponents to run plays. So opponents are getting off a ton of plays. These are the lowest uh, or the highest scoring, I should say, defenses allowed in the league, 31st and 32nd in that category. And the price is kind of right like justin fields is cheap russ is super cheap dj moore is is dirt cheap Cortland sutton's buried again like the only one really in pricing that kind of sticks out as maybe he's overpriced is jerry judy i mean marvin mims is, is just doing unreal things right he's super cheap like i just think if there was ever a get right spot for these teams it is in this matchup with these two defenses struggling so i'm just throwing it out i think it's possible i mean you can convince me anything, right? It's DFS. <laughs> it's DFS. Totally fine. <laughs> the Bears are allowing 8.7 yards per attempt, 31st, and that sounds like a Marvin Mims kind of thing, right? Just, you know, just need one play. Please play him more, Sean Payton. Just for just a fan's sake. Like, he's just fun to watch. Two games I want to throw out there. I think Ram Colts is kind of interesting. The total was a little higher than I thought. So, um, it's at 44 and a half. It got bet up to 45 in some places. So Richardson returns. I think it's interesting. There's some good value options. And then Minnesota Carolina, I think is going to gain some steam because Andy Dalton threw the ball 58 times this past week. I don't mind him at 5,100 on DraftKings. If you wanted to punt away, I I could see the route against the Vikings and their pass funnel. So if you want to go that route, the, the game's fine. That one's interesting. Which game do you want to be underweight on this week? Yeah, I'm not super into the Tampa Bay-New Orleans game. Um, New Orleans game so far this year are 0-3 to the over, so every single game has hit the under, and they've been low totals as is, so they've been hitting under even when the total's low. They have yet to hit their team-implied total, and it's just not really what we're looking for from like a uh, you know pace of play or a uh, how they run their, their offense. 53% neutral pass rate, not good. 2% no huddle rate, slow, right? And we just saw last night, like Baker Mayfield's story in weeks one and two was was kind of fun. It's like, oh, maybe Baker actually can be good this year. And then we kind of saw maybe the real Baker Mayfield come out on Monday Night Football. Now you get Tampa on a short week. 
um, coming off that, taking on New Orleans on the road. New Orleans defense has been incredible this year. So it just feels like a 20 to 17 ugly sort of game. So I am not in on Tampa and New Orleans. You don't want a Jameis Winston revenge game. I mean, there is actually a dynasty league where I have to play him in Superflex. So I would be interested if he actually had a great game in that situation. But for DFS, I think I'm out. The return of Alvin Kamara is also in that. It's a fun narrative game, but I agree. He's cheap Total's too. Not- 6,100. Um, so I put Cincinnati, Tennessee, because my temptation is to say, is this a Derrick Henry game? Uh, because we haven't got one yet. And whenever people are off Derrick Henry, I'm always interested in saying in a tournament, he's looked bad. The pass funnel for the Bengals is also going to be something that like, can I throw on the Titans? And can I double stack Joe Burrow? It's a very tempting game, but Tennessee games have just been gross. Like they were so bad this past week. So I wish this game was like from like two years ago because then you get like a back and forth affair. I feel like Tennessee's at a spot where they're just trying to win ugly and it's really hard. So that's a game that I'm tempted by. But I think early in the week, the total's not great, 42 and a half. It's just not something I, I need to go to. Which team are you most confident hits the over of their team implied total? Yeah, you mentioned the Rams and Colts game. Being interested are interesting. So I am also interested in the Rams team total. I think they can go over here. Um, 21 and a half, kind of low. Now, I know last night they really struggled. Uh, Stafford was pressured a bunch. But when you look at the Colts, I mean, dude, their secondary is just so bad. And I think this is a bounce back spot for the Rams. So give me over 21 and a half. They were hitting this, you know, in the, in the first couple of weeks. Last night was a bit of a snoozer, but I think this is a good uh, bounce back spot for them. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm going to throw out the 49ers. This is simple. Their team implied total is the highest of the week. It's not high enough considering what they've done with Brock Purdy and CMC. So that's an onslaught build this week that I think you could go Purdy, CMC, and one more option and be able to get enough points from that where the Cardinals have been annoying and stingy and like roll over but they haven't. But I, I just think the 49ers are just in a class above themselves. They are 14-point home favorites. What would you take on that line right now? Oh, man. I mean, my initial inclination is just to say, like, oh, San Fran rolls. But, like, credit to the Cardinals and the coaching staff. Like, they've got their guys playing hard. Uh, I mean, it's a divisional game. I feel like it's scary to say, but I could see it staying within, what was it, 14 and a half? I, I could see it staying within 14. That. Yeah, it, it, it's a key number, two touchdowns, but that is a lot. But I could also see the 49ers just rolling. The team that I am most confident hits the under is Tennessee. I cannot see their offense being able to move forward in any way that is meaningful. I think the Bengals' defense is better than you think, and they were pretty good on Monday night. So uh, Tennessee is just not a team that I want to attack with, especially in the passing game. It's DeAndre Hopkins is done, and other than maybe a deep Chig thing or a deep Burks thing. You just can't guess those things. So I'm out on the Titans. Yeah, makes a ton of sense. Their offense has been pretty tough to watch. Um, this pains me to say I'm on Baltimore's under this week. They've, they've been under their team implied total in two of three games. This Cle- Cleveland defensive line has been dominant. That defense has been incredible. And Baltimore on the other side is really struggling with injuries, truthfully all over the place. But on the offensive line, Ronnie Stanley's missed two weeks in a row. Tyler Linderbaum has been out. We'll see if those guys get back, but they've got O-line injuries. Odell's banged up. Bateman's banged up. The running backs are hurt. Like Gus Edwards is in protocol. Justice Hill had the turf toe. So like legitimately, they could be running out, you know, 2015 fantasy superstars, Melvin Gordon and Kenyon Drake as their top two backs. And look, man, I'm I'm scared. Okay. I'm I'm so heavily invested in Baltimore, but the way that they are using Zay Flowers and Mark Andrews, everything is very uh, dink and dunk. There's no like downfield aggressive passing. It's just hard to see it, man. Cleveland has been so good, and, and divisional game, you could certainly see the under there. So I'm taking under on Baltimore this week. I cannot believe this team is back in the same exact spot, which is just everybody injured. And we came into the season saying, wow, they have a plethora of wide receivers. They have nobody <laughs> now. And Zay Flowers, ADOT is just doo-doo. He's just throwing him screens left and right. So, so sad. 
anyway, we'll talk about Mark Andrews because I think his price is actually fine. Let's let's get into it. Salary standouts. This is a Tuesday. Let's talk about the players that we think are on our radar at quarterback. I have Josh Allen. He's on there. 8.2 at home <laughs> against the Dolphins. It's not that complicated. Just put them on your put them in your pool. Yeah, makes sense. It's just a, a pricing thing, and we'll talk about that on, on Friday's show if you do want to get up there or not. In the mid-range, we'll see if Anthony Richardson gets cleared. 6.7, taking on the Rams. You know, it's just a design rush attempt thing. Like, if he is running 10 to 12 times a game, it's very hard for him to truly fail in fantasy. So 6.7, I like his price. Uh, we talked about that game environment too. Also throughout Burrow. We know we're not getting anything in the Russian department as long as his calf is an issue. So that still is a concern. And I don't know if I would go there and cash necessarily just given that there is re-injury risk. But in a tournament, if you just wanted to stack up the, the the Cincy passing attack against this Tennessee pass defense, I don't even think you need anyone on the Tennessee side, truthfully. Like, listen to these numbers. It's, <laughs> this is insane. Derek Carr in week one, 9.2 YPA. Justin Herbert in week two, 7.4 YPA. Deshaun Watson, who looked atrocious two weeks ago 8.8 ypa he completed over 80 percent of his passes against this defense so tennessee's pass defense is just so bad and you finally had that get right game from jamar chase t higgins had a bunch of drops last night but like t higgins is a good player you could convince me of a burrow double stack this week with that defense i'm going to give you some under 6k quarterbacks just to put on your radar brock purdy 5.9 mentioned their team implied in total uh cj stroud went up 600 went up 300 dollars so now he's 5.6, and I know people are interested in the Texans passing game, so need to throw that out there. Um, I'll also throw out Jameis Winston, Re- revenge game 5.3, Andy Dalton 5.1. If you wanted to get real gross, I understand why. I'm not saying you have to do it, but I understand. And then Tua on FanDuel is uh, is only 8K. So that's a, a pretty good price if you wanted to go in that direction. But hit me with your running backs. Yes, we talked about Josh Jacobs at the top of the show. This is a good spot for him. I have some concerns if there's no Jimmy G about just systemically the offense. But in weeks one and two, Alexander Madison looked truthfully like one of the worst backs in the league. And then against the Chargers, all was well, right? So Jacobs, the volume's there. We saw a little bit of an uptick in efficiency on Sunday night against the Steelers. This is a good spot. He's only 7.1 against, uh, like I said, the Chargers. And then Dude, I don't know what Sean McVay is doing. It's truly some sicko stuff. But Kyron Williams is playing every snap, and it's been like that two weeks in a row. And he's also out there on kick returns. Like, Kyron Williams is going to get run into the ground. I'm terrified for this man in, like, week nine. But while it's while it's good and while he's healthy, he's 6K taking on the Colts. So if you're getting a running back that's going to touch the ball so much and be on the field every snap, it's hard to poke holes in cash games. Did you see how many snaps he was in on the game? Oh, hit the drop, baby. Yeah, I worry about him just getting run in the ground. He only had two receptions, but seven targets. Like, if he's going to keep seeing that type of passing volume, then at this price, makes a ton of sense. He's really expensive on FanDuel. So, at 6K, I like him a lot here. Uh, CMC, if you just want to lock it in, 9.2. Like, you're going to get 20 to 25 points. But, in a tournament, you kind of have to ask, like, what's the what's the cost? So, Keep that in mind. Miles Sanders at 5.8 is a value. He's seeing a ton of targets, man. Like way more than what I thought. Like they talked about in the offseason, like, oh, he's gonna see the 50 catches like he did, you know, when he was a rookie. Like, no, this is pretty significant stuff. So 5.8, I think he's a solid value. Mention the Miami running backs, Mostert is 6.5, A chain is 5.7. Those are intriguing to say the least. Um, I hate saying it, but Damian Pierce at 5.1 keeps going down. The Steelers are allowing the fourth highest yards per carry, and they rank 30th in EPA per rush attempt. Everyone wants to just say it's the Texans passing game. It wouldn't shock me if they got the lead and he got, you know, a score and 100 yards. Like, that's interesting to me. But any other running backs? Uh, No, I think just real quick on Pierce, too. Like, man, there's a chance they get someone back this week on the O-line. That's just the issue, right? And we know Damian Pierce is going to have a big game eventually. So I'm hesitant in cash, but like this is a very, I think, interesting tournament take early in the week. So I do like that call. Yep. Wide receiver is bananas this week. Everybody who's anybody is on this slate. All right. Justin Jefferson, 
on DraftKings, 9.6. Tyree Kill, 9.2. I feel like we just had this conversation last week. Expensive wide receivers project really well. We want to play that. My early lean is just Tyreek. It's a better game environment and he's cheaper. And it's just on the road. I mean, it just depends on what the pricing looks like. I I, I mean, if you're going to give me Jamar Chase against this Tennessee defense for almost $2,000 cheaper, I'm playing Jamar Chase. I mean, it's just so hard to fit those guys, right? So that's the issue. And we'll have to see as the week goes on injuries, you know, punt plays, stuff like that. So they're awesome. They're incredible, but they are so expensive. Yes. No, Chase stands out at his price in that matchup against Tennessee. I mean, Stephon Diggs, you can easily overlook him this week, but at 8.1 against Miami, he looks awesome too. Oh, and I didn't even mention Devontae Adams at 8K or Keenan Allen at 7,900. Like, those are six wide receivers out the gate that would not shock me if those guys are in the optimal lineup, like two of those guys. How do you pick between those guys? It's going to be a pricing thing, honestly. I mean, if, if we get... Like last week, we had some pretty decent pun options open up, and you could get up to Tyreek or Justin Jefferson if you wanted. So it's just going to depend, I think, on that as the week goes on. And when we talk Friday, we'll know more. Yeah, and and I think the way that people are going to build is they're going to take a cheap Chargers wide receiver, Josh Palmer at 4K, Quinn Johnson at 3.7, add at least one or two elite guys, and then move on. Like that's the that's the pun option. Last week, it was Tank Dell, who was the cheap, popular pun option. He's now 4.6. I think he's still a good play. And then, dude, you wrote Adam Thielen on here? Well, I wrote Old Geezer, truthfully, at <laughs> 4.5. And then uh, DJ Chark is 4K. And uh, the numbers are inflated because of how many dropbacks Andy Dalton had last week. If you would have told me in week three of the NFL season, Andy Dalton was going to lead the league in dropbacks, I would have said you're crazy. That is what happened. But we have seen these Viking games turn into these just unreal back and forth situations. So I think Andy Dalton's better for, for the wide receivers and Jonathan Mingo is in concussion protocol. So if Mingo is out, you just get a condensed tree. You know, Hayden Hurst is still a part-time player. Like it's going to these two guys. And so, yeah, they do feel underpriced against this Minnesota secondary. So I don't want to say good things about Adam Thielen at this point, but like he's seeing so much volume on a full PPR site. It's very hard to ignore. That's what it comes down to. Full PPR, get the points, move on. Travis Kelsey is not on this slate, and neither neither is Taylor Swift. So we cannot talk about them here because the rest of the internet is talking about them. That's totally fine. TJ Hawkinson, through three weeks, I look this up, bets. he's run the six most routes of any player in the NFL. So you're getting him as like a wide receiver. Like we always talk about Kelsey and Andrews where you have to think about their price in terms of what the wide receivers are. We need to start thinking about Hawkinson that way on the road against Carolina. I think on FanDuel, he's a better value at 7.2. So one to throw out his name early in the week. Mark Andrews went down in price on DraftKings. The matchup sucks, but if you knew you're getting a wide receiver one at 5,400, I'm I'm intrigued early in the week. Oh, brother. You don't have to talk me into that. Um, I'm ready to lose more money. Just say that on Mark <laughs> Andrews. Um, I don't know about cash. I mean, the price is just incredible. But you know, like truthfully, Zay Flowers is is getting the first read looks. I don't know if that's a scheme thing. I don't know if if Zay Flowers is literally just that good. I, I think he's very good, um, or what it is. But we know Mark Andrews is going to have a blow up game at some point, and I certainly want to be on it when the price is right. Which at five point four, the price is definitely right. Yeah. Um, if you want to look at the Muth. He got loose, three for 41 in a score last week. You could go back to Durham Smythe at 3K and be totally fine if you wanted to punt in that direction. He was uber popular last week and yet still running routes, still running around. And then at defense, the Browns don't make sense on DraftKings. Let me, let me spell this out to everybody. On DraftKings, they are the DST 17. Okay, so they are buried down there. On FanDuel, DST 8. And the Browns have quietly been, I don't know, the best defense in the league, would you say? Number They've one great. yards yards per game. Number one in passing yards per game. So number one in rushing yards per game. Number one in points per allowed. Like, those are the ones we want. And then here's a crazy stat. A league low 7.7% of their opponent's drives have reached the red zone or scored. So, like, 
it's been awesome. They play against Baltimore, and I think that they have the upside you want too, where Lamar's always prone to turn the ball over. So the Browns early in the week look like a pretty good play at 2,800. For sure, especially if the O-line injuries are still affecting the Ravens, you know, when we look towards Sunday. So definitely a mismatch. Uh, I'm with you. I also threw down the Panthers at 2.5. It's just not a football guy take, but they're cheap. And what you need in fantasy for your defense is opportunities for takeaways, sacks. Kirk Cousins is dropping back an insane rate (laughs) and he will have opportunities for sacks and turnovers. So don't mind the Panthers at 2.5, but certainly I think the Browns stick out like a sore thumb this week. Dude, this is Adam Thielen week. So he gets a revenge game, but he's beloved to Minnesota. He's a Minnesota guy. But also, he gets to explain to you know the team, like, hey, here's what Kevin O'Connell does. That's just my like narrative take on the game. Oh, but so you're I, the I Panthers do. in this game? Say it again. I said, so you're taking the Panthers in this game? <sighs> What's the line? Was that four? I don't know if I could take the Panthers. I'm open to that. Panthers plus four. All right. We'll talk Friday. We'll see. We'll see how I feel. But yeah, those are the two defenses that stand out of the week. Make sure I don't change my mind bets because I said, I looked in last (laughs) week's doc. I said, Buffalo, lock of the week. And then I didn't play him. All right. If you want to play with us, go to ballersdfs.com, direct you to our DraftKings League, Fantasy Footballers, DFS, Borg, plus bets. Join the league. Enter some contests. There's some contests open right now, including our 700 person contest. That is just sitting there waiting for people to take free money. You can go to ballersdfs.com if you want to play with us. Bets, sign us off. Yes, sir. Do not forget about the code winner23 if you want to come play with us in the DFS Pass. going to be a fun week, man. I'm excited for week four. Week three was a little rough for you and I, but I am ready for a bounce back. Enjoy the week, everyone. We will catch you on Friday. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at thefantasyfootballers.com.